Well, hello. Let's continue with love stories. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the guru, how I met him, and the transformation that happened as a result of this relationship. If you listen to the previous episode about the prince, the story of the prince kind of overlaps at the end with the beginning of the story of the guru. But the story of the guru goes way back, way, way back, long time before that. A good six, seven years at least. The guru was also a DJ. And um, apparently he was a very famous one. And the first time I went to a trance festival, and the first time I tried psychedelics, he was the one playing music from 3 o'clock in the morning until 12 o'clock lunchtime the day after. So that was my first meeting with his energy, okay? I had no idea who he was. I was totally out of my mind, as they say. But it was a very significant moment because it was my first in many things. And years later, right around the time that I was about to go back to India to meet the prince, I met him at a party where he was playing for a few hours and he was just standing there on the side after he finished his set. And I walked up to him and I said, hello. And I told him, he asked me what your name is and so on and so on. And apparently he found me on Facebook. And then we started writing. And then he asked me to come over. And in a way I was flattered. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of flattering to, you know, he was, he was a DJ I admired. He was amazing. He made amazing music. He really was not my cup of tea as a man, like the way he looks but there was something about him. I couldn't really pinpoint, but it was very flattering to, to be invited. So I went over, and now listen to this. There is this guy watching football. Football. He invited me to come over to his place, and he's watching a football game. And yes, we smoked a joint, and he's staring at the screen and he barely spoke to me. Barely. I mean, he offered me something to drink and we are sitting one next to the other on the sofa. And I'm sure you're familiar with the feeling that you can cut the energy in the air. Yeah? The tension. And I was like, and he touched my toe my naked toe. He was playing with my toes a little bit while he was 
sitting on this uh, sitting on the sofa next to me there was nothing intimate nothing whatsoever intimate between us he didn't touch me he didn't kiss me he didn't nothing he was staring at the tv screen and i was thinking to myself what am i doing here who is this guy so rude so like you invited me i thought we're going to talk i'm going to uh, i have some questions you know he was looking at the TV and I found myself watching football with this guy and in the meantime being crazy attracted to him. I'm telling you, you could feel the energy. And in the same at the same time, just to remind you, I was staying loyal to the prince back in India. So after about I think the game was over, so it must have been like 2 hours I spent at that place. I went to the bathroom. And I washed my face with cold water and I asked myself, Sita, you want to do this or not? And I walked out of the door. I left. I told him, I'm sorry, I have to go. Now, apparently, this was quite a shock for him. He wasn't used to it. <laughs> and But I walked out like a lady. <laughs> I realized that I am very much attracted to this guy for no apparent reason. But and and the attraction is so strong that if I don't leave now, I might regret. And of course, a day after, he sent me a message. It was a pleasure seeing you today. Yesterday, sorry. And I was like, oh, my God, all we did was watch TV. He barely talked to me. He was watching football. What kind of a game is this guy playing? But, you know, curiosity killed the cat. So when he asked me, would you like to come over tonight as well? I said, yes, of course. <laughs> and there it was. The same story, but this time we went for it. And we went for it full on. And I have to tell you, it, one, what, it was really one of the most mind-blowing sex I ever had. Apparently, this guy is a Tantra master. And he introduced me to myself, to my Tantric self, to what it means to really be a woman and what tantric sex is all about, and what, and what tantric connection, the level of the connection that you experience through tantra. So my mind was blown completely. 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 And he says, God has sent me here to please you. And you're on the floor, you know. You're all over it. So we hang out a little bit and he knew that I'm supposed to go back to India and he was supposed to go back to Costa Rica. So we parted. And I took it as a amazing whatever it was, fling, great sex, kind of rude guy. We didn't really communicate that much, like talking. He was kind of closed and shy is quite surprising. I knew he was a guru. I knew he had a community back in Costa Rica who were apparently his followers. But in my eyes, 
I always saw him as a DJ. I never... I never connected to the guru who he was. And maybe, maybe that was one of the things that I'm making it, yeah? I'm already killing the, po- the, the, the punchline at the end, but maybe that's one of the reasons why it blew up at the end, because I did not worship him. I always saw us as equals. I really believe that like attracts like, and we were very much alike, very much alike. Um, both of us, dominant personality, a lot of Leo energy, independent people, a lot of fire. Um, we were very, very similar. And I also considered that similarity, you might call yourself a guru, but I definitely also have a lot to offer in that field. So I never saw him as somebody to admire, you know? I, I treated him as an equal, absolutely. So after our fling ended and I went to India and that whole prince situation blew up in my face and um, I made a huge mess in Goa at that time because I was uh, wild, <laughs> to put it nicely. I went back. I went back to Israel and um, just around the time I arrived, he started writing to me on Facebook. And we started to develop this really crazy telepathic connection. It happened to me in the past. I know how it works when somebody thinks about you, when you know where they are and what they do. And so I was aware of it, but, but this time it really blew me away because our connection was extraordinary. I knew when to sit down in front of the computer. I knew when he was thinking about me and I knew when he was going to write. And it goes the other way around. It was, it was, it was very powerful. It was very powerful on the level that was kind of hard, hard to, to, to digest that you can have such crazy connection when he, this person is thousands and thousands of kilometers away from you. But it's a soul connection, yeah? So, and apparently he is a guru and he is very good at this, at focusing his thoughts. Afterwards, I said, he puts his laser focus on you. You have no way to run. <laughs> and it's true. To make a long story short, a year later, I ended up there. And before that, he came to visit me sometimes in October, something like that. And I knew that he has a girlfriend, but it was a girlfriend. Like, he never talked about her. She was never there. I didn't know who she was. He mentioned it like, by the way. So when he sent me the message, you're coming to Costa Rica for the rest of your life, I was all in. I was all in. Like, there is this crazy connection with this person. We have mind-blowing sex. We are very much alike. Yes, I'm moving to Costa Rica for him, for him. And that was the mistake, for him. 
So I packed up my business, closed shop, sold all my furniture, my, my everything. And um, together with a friend who was my neighbor, I flew to Costa Rica. So this is the second time I flew to a different continent to be with a man that I loved. First, I went to India just a year before. Yeah. And now I went to Costa Rica. So you cannot blame me for uh, <laughs> staying in one spot too long. And the moment we arrived, it was like a slap on the face because there were so many things that I didn't know about him. Because again, I wear rose-colored glasses and maybe I didn't want to hear and I didn't want to know and I didn't want to investigate because I was too taken away by this, I don't know what it was. It was amazingly karmic, yes? And the moment we arrived, I remember I still had my suitcase and I was sure that I'm going to be welcomed and hugged and loved and oh my God, so, so glad that you're here. He walks by with this woman by his side who turned out to be his longtime girlfriend, like 20 years I'm talking. And there was just a brief nod and a hello. And I was like, what? Is this why I came here for? And we took our rooms, me and my friend. We were in two separate um, rooms. It's like more like a bungalow, a casita kind of thing. And there I started my journey. And I stayed there for three and a half months, maybe four months. I went through huge transformation, but now let's just talk about me and him. Apparently, I was not the only one. He had kind of an open relationship with his girlfriend. They were like open. They were both in the spirit. Yes, alternative lifestyle, alternative mindset. And he was a player, big time. So even when I was there, there were, afterwards I heard that there were also other girls that maybe they didn't have such a connection. They didn't have such amazing, wonderful, mind-blowing tantric sex like we had. But I was, I was not the center of attention that I thought I was going to be. I was not, I was not even close. And apparently everybody knew that we had something going on. Now it was all very hush-hush, but everybody knew from the glimpses, from the looks, from, uh, okay, give her this, give her that, that I am one of his protégés. And I had a lot of sexual energy and I was very sexy at that time. I felt very sexy. I was in my prime, I looked very good, and I was attractive. And um, apparently the guru was a master of manifesting. And also, he knew how to manipulate people. And maybe the reason that I 
Maybe the, the reason is that I never saw him as a guru. I could never worship him. And there was this community around him, and he's like, yeah, the chief of stuff. <laughs> he's like the big boss. And he's like, everybody look up to him and follow him. And, and I was like, I can't do that. I mean, he's not better than me. He's not smarter than me. He's not more spiritual than me. He's, we are equal. And I always felt that, that we are equal. So I learned a lot, a lot, a lot from him. It wasn't love like a sweet 16 story that I had with the prince. It was a crazy, crazy, obsessive, karmic relationship that totally, totally engulfed all of me. And I felt that he's trying to, in a way, take over, control me in a very supple way, like he can get into my head, because he can get into my head, just like I can get into his head. And I felt it, and I don't like control. And I told you, both of us are very dominant personalities. And I don't like that. I, didn't, I never liked that, that when I feel that somebody's trying to force their way, their thoughts, their beliefs, their ideas on me, regardless of the deep connection which is exactly the problem because the connection is so deep, so karmatic, it can be very destructive. And I realized that I am a second fiddler and I will never be the queen that I deserve to be or that he told me that I am for him, I am his queen. That in real life, in reality, I will never be that. And I cannot settle to be a number two, three, four, five, ten, or one hundred in that community to get every once in a while a sweet night or some stolen kisses. It's not me. And, um, we did an ayahuasca ceremony. And the first time we did the ayahuasca ceremony, I was still very much in love all over the place. We had, we were just looking into each other's eyes through hours and hours and hours through the ceremony. It was, the connection was very deep. You must understand that I couldn't help it. It's like these kind of karmatic connections are, they run so deep in your soul DNA that you, you, you cannot help it. You have to go through it. You have to see it through and find your footing, find your way after. These are transformational relationships. I admired him. On the other hand, I understand that I could never stay there. So the second ayahuasca ceremony we did, after the first cup, 
which was enough for me to gain clarity, I went back to my casita, I went back to my little bungalow, and I managed to fall asleep. And the day after I ordered my ticket back to Israel, I left. I knew that I don't belong there. Because it wasn't just him, it was a package deal. It was a package deal of a community around him. And with all due respect, it didn't suit me. It didn't suit me. It was amazing. My experience there transformed me on levels that it took me years and years and years to uncover, to discover and uncover helped me raise my consciousness, my well-being, my health, my everything. And also to understand a lot more about myself, that where are my limits? What are the things that I am ready to accept or not to accept in a relationship, even if it's as mind-blowing as it was with the guru? And of course... I went back to Israel knowing perfectly well that I have to start from scratch. That I didn't have a job, I didn't have a place to stay, I didn't have money. It was all from scratch. But I am so utterly grateful for having the experience that I had with him. All of it, from the very first moment that I heard him play music, through all the experiences that we went through, many of it through his music. His music talked to my soul. His music awakened me. And then when we finally met and we shared the magic of Tantra, it became whole. And I couldn't be more grateful for that experience. We are not in touch. From time to time we share a hello, hello, how are you, what's going on on Facebook, of course. But that's about it. So this is the second man that was hugely significant in my life and I could say I loved I really loved so stay tuned for number three bye for now